So welcome to the new My Way of Thinking podcast, hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every week. My Way of Thinking, or Mawat for short, is all about us. Amazing human beings that all have a story to tell. Now, those stories can vary massively, but with the guests I'll be interviewing, you'll always be able to take a little bit of advice, 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 or insight into how extraordinary we can all be. If you want to be a guest, you can message me on Facebook or YouTube. It's My Way of Thinking podcast. And Twitter is My Way of Thinking, but the G on the end is a three. Long story. Uh, All the episodes will be streamed weekly on the usual platforms and also on YouTube channel. So please like and subscribe. Now, today I'm talking to Abby Allen, a fantastic writer. um, And she's helped me out a ton on some of my projects. Um, she's got Asperger's, which she openly talks about, and she talks about how she was uh, bullied and how writing works as an amazing support mechanism for her. Uh, lovely girl. Um, this is a cracking interview. Be aware the um, dialogue is a little bit up and down a little bit because my microphone played up and technical, but bear with it because, trust me, it's worth it just to listen to the interview and see the insight this amazing young lady has. Okay, here's the interview. Hello and welcome to my guest, Abby Allen. How are you, Abby? All right, how are you? Good, thank you. Looks like you're stuck in the airing cupboard there. What's that all about? Uh, so my sister is currently in Leeds doing her paleobiology doctorate. Um, so I am gate-crushing her room whilst my dad is working in the dining room and yeah. my mum is just pottering around the rest of the house. So... This is a safe place for me to sit and work and not fall over. I've never done that before, work <laughs> in towels. I surround myself with towels. We can't get to the airing cupboard. We've got a few books kind of stacked. So it's the, it's the easiest place to just stick it on top of the chair. I'm just glad that it was me who put it there, because last time Dad did it and I had the towels fall on me. Oh, so, <laughs> nothing worse than being killed, yeah. killed by towels. Hey, death by <laughs> I was thinking um, the other day, your name is like a superstar name, isn't it? Abby Allen, don't you think? It's like Abby Allen. I don't know. Yeah, it's like uh, these, like Marilyn Monroe, Sylvester's, you know, you've got the first letter and the, it's the same letter at the start of your service. Yeah. That's quite super, you know, Abby Allen. I like it. <laughs> anyway, so welcome to my way of thinking. Uh, this is my new podcast. Um, and it's all about you, of course, and talking about things you've been up to and what you're doing and things like that. But before we start, I always like to start on a bit of humour, something a bit fun. And uh, I was looking through the news. I always look through the news in the morning because I'm a bit sad like that. And I saw this this uh, story, which really made me laugh. It says, ex-boyfriend takes bizarre revenge asking people to pretend to be Chewbacca. Now, what this is... This woman split up with her boyfriend, and so what he did, he put, um, uh, this is in Australia, he put an advert that basically said uh, you'd win $100 uh, if you had the best Chewbacca impression and that you were to phone this number. And the number was his, his girl, ex-girlfriend's number. <laughs> oh, yes! So all she got all day was people phoning up going, I can't even do it. Can you do a Chewbacca impression? No, I'm not going to even try, but that is hilarious. 
And only in Australia would it be that. I know. I bet this woman was going <laughs> mad. Absolute mad. But fair play to him for initiative. You can't fault him, can you? Uh, so, yeah, that made me laugh. And then the other story which I've seen uh, Saturday was um, in a park somewhere, so, uh, a couple of people had phoned, resident, uh, phoned the police and said there's a Black Panther that's actually on the loose in the park. And what it was, it was an actual stuffed toy that some kid had left on the bench and it looked like a Black, black Panther was asleep on there. <laughs> so I thought that was quite... That, that, that made me laugh. And if you look at the picture, I think there's a picture on Metro. I'll tell you what, I would, I would not be happy if I was walking through that park and seeing that. It looks, you know, usually you get cuddly toys like I've got in here. There's just like cuddly toys, you know, an obvious replica, you know, that's made to look fun. Whereas this looks like there's the evil in its eyes. So, yeah, very funny. So, yeah, I was trying to start with a couple of uplifting stories. So... So, Abby Allen, I know you through helping me out in my film work and writing and being a guest on the radio show and things like that. So, um, but I thought it would be good to get you on and talk about different things. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about you growing up. So, um, you know, where did you grow up? How was growing up and things like that? Was it all normal or because obviously you've got Asperger's, when did you know about that? Uh, Well... My parents, um, they both met at Worcester, as it was then, Worcester College, um, doing their teaching uh, degrees. And they ended up then moving to Nuneaton, uh, where we've been in the same house since they married in 89, which is nice. Um, And so it's been uh, the four of us with Miles as the bath. um, And... They didn't necessarily realise until I was about three and they thought I had dyspraxia. So they thought, right, we better go and get a, uh, a test. So, What's dyspraxia? Um, uh, so it means that um, instead of being a bit of a klutz, you are massively off balance so you're constantly kind of falling over knocking stuff off one of my cousins actually has dyspraxia so he's he's quite yeah so it's it's quite difficult it sounds a bit like vertigo a little bit so uh so they wondered whether i had it so i went and had the the fun tests um just near the turn of the century and um i Part of it, um, mum told me, was um, it's a bit like a Where's Wally picture, yeah. but it was like a farmyard, and so they had to, they asked me to point stuff out, and it was obviously so busy, I immediately folded the picture up and put it away, because <laughs> I just couldn't cope with it. Yeah. Um, and that was when uh, they realised that it was Asperger syndrome, and um, when my parents got a list of um, behaviours that I may have, they kind of went, Oh, and turned to dad, you've got them too. So we've that was the point where we realised that I have it, and dad how, has how it, and granddad then? has it. I'm so how yeah, old and then? also Uncle Jonathan has it as well. So it's like all three the uh, the Allen side of the family, and we're just like, oh, yeah, it's so much sense. <laughs> how old were you then? I was three. Oh, right. Okay. 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 So, yeah, it, it depends for some kids. Some kids have it 
have an early diagnosis some have it a bit later kind of like teens and sometimes it gets missed until like the adulthood like my dad didn't get his until he was in his 50s because he had to have it because he's um for part of him being trained to be um a vicar um he ended up having to have his diagnosis so he got his in his 50s Wow. But they kind of knew that it was for me. Yeah. Because I had it, they kind of went, mm, yeah, you got it as well. So it was kind of like they twigged it so yeah. that he fully got his when he was in his 50s. But yeah. some people just don't get theirs or they get it later in life. Some people even get it in like their 30s or later. Yeah. Like, so, oh. so now, um, so Asperger's, there's different levels, isn't there? So you can have it really bad or mild or... Tell us a little bit about that. So, uh, the ba- basically, the way it works is um, what you would call it as is the autistic spectrum. So, it's basically... You would perhaps put people under the umbrella of... Um, so, you'd say people are, like, autistic or yeah. they are they have Asperger's syndrome or they have Down syndrome or whatever. Um, The point is that we may all be on this spectrum under certain umbrellas, but we're not all in the same place, which is what really annoys me. Because what people don't realise is, because we all have our own different strengths and weaknesses, we may fit under one kind of pigeonhole-y kind of thing. Not everyone is in the same place. They're all kind of dotted about of... um, kind of what we can deal with because some people are more sensitive to uh, all the senses that we've got some not so much some uh uh, better at communication and things than others and it it just differs depending on the person because no two people are the same neither me nor dad are identical yeah we have the same things in some aspects but not all of it is the same Okay. Which really confuses people because uh, the easiest way to point that out for us is the fact that since I was 20, yeah. I started having sensory overloads. Okay. But neither my dad nor my granddad or Uncle Jonathan have them. Okay. Oh, right. So it's okay. just like, ooh. <laughs> so, so, so I can't be in a room with yeah. multiple sounds going off because I will have a sensory overload. I know that feeling so I have to well. use ear defenders. Yeah. I have to get out the full-on ear defenders and they're big, chunky things. And I now have a pair for at home and a yeah. pair for when I'm at work. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. Different colours. I like it. So tell us what some of the symptoms of, of Asperger's then. What sort of things uh, do you suffer so, with? It's it's kind of mainly around uh, social interaction that it can be a bit difficult. So um, I kind of see it as a bit like um, some of the social cues that everyone else takes for granted for those who are the phrases neurotypical who aren't on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. Um, that all the social cues that you take for, uh, to, for granted that you have fully programmed in, for us it's a bit like some of them are missing. And so it's a bit like you you tr- you think you know what's going on, but you actually don't, <laughs> and it happens quite often. And so, so give us an example. Like, oh. what, give us an example. Um, as an example, the easiest word to say was like if if someone was interested in you and trying to show interest, likelihood is you're not going to notice. Mm, yeah. and so, uh, and it's a bit difficult if someone is giving off 
particular signals it's just trying to figure out what those signals actually mean whether it's like oh i like you as a friend or anything like that it's really difficult if you don't actually know what the signals are so it's a bit like the translators dropped out yeah so it's like coming out in some different language that you just can't understand and yeah. haven't got the translator for it. That's sometimes what it's like. Wow. But I think the more you try and communicate with other people, yeah. the kind of the better it gets. So it's a bit like you're cleaning the filter a bit. Mm. So it's yeah. like the filter's a bit clogged. But yeah. then the more you kind of get there, the less it's clogged, but it's still quite difficult the further on in life yeah. you get but because we, it gets we ta- easier because <laughs> because obviously uh i take it for granted a lot of people take it for granted that you can just talk to someone and expect, i mean i'm terrible at sarcasm you know me uh but i suppose a lot of that will go over your head so if i'm sarcastic to you you could think oh, i actually mean it whereas actually i'm just having a joke is that right yeah so some people think will take you literally so if you say as a phrase it's raining cats and dogs they will look out the window expecting cats and dogs to be raining out of the sky that's how literal sometimes people can actually be yeah and they can't help it because that's just how their brain works it's a bit like yeah yeah it's a bit like an engine like you you know it's wired a particular way with us it's like it's rewired a different way and it still works but it's just a different way and it's awesome so you really have to be careful then so if you have an argument or something like that because you know when you say things you wish you hadn't said you have to be really careful in case you say you know yeah so you have to be quite direct with us otherwise the likelihood is we're going to not quite get the meaning of what you say so so just be careful i find it quite amazing you've just told me that and we've worked together and i never really thought about it i just said what i thought so you did quite well at working me out which is thank god yeah yeah i think the more the more you work with particular people the it's easier to kind of get to grips with it so i've worked with you quite a bit now and so i kind of i get your bits of humor i get when you're being sarcastic (laughs) and so so the more i kind of work with people the better it gets yeah 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 but sometimes with other people they completely freak out if you use sarcasm on them so so don't worry i'm not one of those But now, yeah, it can be quite difficult for people. Yeah. Now, so what was it like then growing up as a child with with this sort of Asperger's? What was it like? Um, it was quite difficult because yeah. obviously I see the world from a different point of view. Yeah. Um so school was quite difficult. There yeah. was a point in year one um where my mum, who was a supply teacher at the same infant school that oh, I went right. to, yeah. um where she was concerned because they changed the reading scheme to focus on uh, facial expressions and things like that. And I was really struggling with it anyway. So she took the effort because my reading age was so low for where I was in that year, that she was reading a book from the new scheme, the old scheme and another one just to get my reading age up every night just to make sure that I didn't lack behind and that I could still do stuff. Yeah. And then my reading aid exceeded, and now I'm a complete and utter bookworm. So yeah. thanks for that, Mum. But, yeah, it was a bit difficult kind of moving between schools because there was a point where 
um, my learning support I would have had ended up going to another student because they were worse off than me with their behaviours and everything. But um, there's also the fact that what people perhaps wouldn't realise is that females with Asperger's syndrome and autism and stuff, quite often we end up mimicking the the neurotypical female behaviour and it ends up masking our uh, autistic traits. So you wouldn't necessarily know. Like I've had quite a few people tell me after I've told them that I have autism, before that, they wouldn't have had a clue. And I was like, oh, you're so normal. I'm just like, no, you have no idea. But yeah. People have no idea about that. They yeah. think, oh, yeah, we're all the same. And, like, you realise the boys because they're, they're quite often quite loud. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to girls, our behaviour ends up getting quite hidden because we end yeah. up mimicking the behaviour around us. And so it's just... Oh, so did, you, so did you suffer bullying when you were at school then? Because I would have thought yes. some people... Yeah, and how was that? Yeah. Uh, it was quite difficult um, from my actual uh, diagnosis form. Uh, turns out when I was three, I was biting people. So I, I was actually, so I was, uh, at the point of three years old, I was being bullied and so I was biting people. Oh, yeah. I was, three years yeah. Old. So, yeah. So from the about the age of three up to 15, just before I was leaving secondary school, and then again in my first year of uni people were yeah. discriminating against me because of me being different from everybody else. Because yeah. I was, I tried to be nice to people and yeah. my behaviour was a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So kids, but, kids but, and young yeah. kids don't understand that, do they? You yeah. know what I mean? They, which is fair so, enough. But yeah. did you suffer bullying when you got older? Because obviously kids are older yeah. than they should realise. So um, in my first year of uni, I was put in with two people that I didn't know. They were both from the same town. They both knew each other and they clicked. They were party animals. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) I am the complete opposite. Um, And they they weren't particularly wonderful. Um, And it was quite difficult because I was living in a flat with them for this year. Um, So I was kind of relying on those who I was at uni with. And they were lovely. And then second and third year, I ended up gatecrashing a student house with two of them. Um, And, yeah, I think overall it was about 14 years worth, (laughs) which is a lot. But, you know, I'm still this kind of probably annoying person. Yeah, how do you cope cope through that amount of, you know, bullying and over that many years? who, Who did you... Who was your shoulder to cry on, or would you say it was your parents that were a brilliant support? Um, Well, there was my parents. They did try and say stuff in school and that, but it was quite difficult because they kind of wanted me to be able to educate myself and do things that I wanted to, but it's obviously quite difficult because they don't want to be going in every day saying my child has been bullied. So um, it was actually kind of me-ish, um, because at the age of 14, I started writing. Mm, yeah. And it was um, a character called Amelia Thomas, who also has autism. Yeah. It's really annoying. Um, so I didn't initially give her autism. I just started writing it. And then when I look back, I was like, 
she has some Asperger syndrome. I'm like, I do. Whoops. So then I just weaved it in, and then uh, she's been uh, invading my head since 2011. So. What was her name? Amelia Thomas. Did you, well, did you come up with that name? Yes, I did. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I had, I had a dream the night before I started writing it of this girl who was... Um, the youngest in the spy family, and she was kicking ass and everything. And then I started writing it, and it was Amelia Thomas, and she has been following me ever since. Yeah. Not letting me give in. She's been nagging me. Write my story. Give it justice. And so finally I have. Yeah. To the point where I'm quite happy with it. And throughout that, it's been quite helpful for me to be able to use it a bit as like an escape. Because I've had some teachers as well that have been quite awesome. Like I had one in college um, called Sharon. She was awesome. Um, And she kind of spotted something when I went to the interview to go do my uh, performing arts BTEC at what it was then, North Warwickshire and Hinkley College. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing acting for two years there, but she saw something. Um, but when I initially went to her, I initially said my name and I have Asperger's syndrome. And that was, that was how I would introduce myself. Yeah. But at the end it was just, I would introduce myself. Oh yeah. And I have this. Um, and she encouraged me with my writing to the point where I then went off to University of South Wales and did my BA script writing that yeah. I graduated from in 2017 wow. with a 2-2. So I was well happy with that. So really then, writing saved you. Writing has been your support, uh, your friend, you know, in a way, that that has been your saviour, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Wow. Because yeah. That was it was an escape, and then I ended up showing it to people. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. It's gonna be, you know. Um. But then I got to the uh the point where people were then able to give me feedback, and they're like, "This is really good." And yeah. so I was just like, "Hmm, I wonder." And then it's yeah. just kind of progressed because I started out with novels, and then it's progressed into scripts, and then it's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's mad. Yeah. That's that's the way you're dealing with it. I mean, I you know I do some writing, but not on the level. I've seen the level you do, the amount you write. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's something quite cleansing about writing, that's for sure. Um, and when I, like I've finished a script, I feel, you know, invigorated that I've done this, you know, so proud of myself. And you can show other people, but they'll never understand how you feel. You feel great, don't you? You're like, yes. You know what I mean? It's a great feeling. And then yeah, you show it. Go on. Uh, it's, it is. It's kind of, it's a bit like a rush. And so you're just like, oh, like, yeah. I I don't know how I do it, but sometimes I've managed to write a script in a couple of days. And like, you, yeah. I, I posted about that and you were horrified. And you're like, how have you done that in two days? Like, yeah, you ask me like I have an idea. Yeah, and it's all, when you've got when you've wrote something as well, and it's physically there in your hand. There's an energy about it, isn't there? you know, that you're holding something that you produce. And if if you'd never done it, it wouldn't be in the world. You know, it's an energy. I think that's great. You know, it feels yeah. really good. But then you send it out to people, and they tell you it's completely shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, you get to that point, you're just like, oh. Yeah, but that's, that's where you need the resilience to say, I don't care, I think it's good, and that is then, I suppose that's a good question for you, is how do you deal with rejection? Because, you know, we both know that is a killer, but you need to have that stiff upper lip to just believe in what you're doing. How do you deal with that when you get rejected? Oh, um. I think it's quite difficult depending on the situation because recently I ended up submitting the script that's got Amelia Thomas in it um, to the Page Awards thing oh, and yeah. that got rejected and and it, it was a bit like oh um, that's a hard, so it, hard it was it was quite difficult. Yeah. It's quite a difficult competition anyway. But yeah. then to so then be told yeah, no. Um, so it, it's kind of it was a bit like oh so yeah. what do I do now? Um, and so I just thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just wait. I'll just see what else happens because I've sent it to other places and I've had other bits and pieces of feedback. And I had one from the Blue Cat screenplay, which I've got at, at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And I've got some really good feedback from them because um, the way they, if you submit to Blue Cat, you get feedback yeah. as well. And yeah. uh, you don't have to pay extravagant amounts for that as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they they tell you what they really like about it, and then they also give you things that you can change about it, and you can sub- resubmit your edited script twice, oh, okay. so then you can make it better yeah. Yeah. for yeah. when yeah. they f- decide yeah. how far things go. Yeah, I mean, you really go, you go, you're going for the high-end competitions, aren't you? You know, you're not just yeah. going for the... Well, you kind of have to... You kind of have to because otherwise it's just going to end up sitting on your laptop and then it's just going to sit there and it's not going to get made. I, I so you, you what, kind of have to put it out. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I read a lot of autobiographies and, and, and a lot of stories about how people made it. And, you know, some of the best have all been rejected. I remember reading about uh, J.K. Rowling once she rejected numerous times. They yeah. said it would never work. It was, you know, rubbish. This lad, this young lad with spectacles, who was a wizard. What a load of rubbish. You know, so when you see all the reject, I think she posted some of her rejection letters. When you see stuff like that and you see it with loads of people that have made it, I think it's, you know, that that's quite motivational thinking, you know, they, they've been there. Yeah. I think that's quite helpful as a writer to see that it's not just you because it it can be quite lonely because obviously if you're writing on your own, it's just you writing the thing. So it's quite difficult to kind of keep yourself going on occasion. But when you you know that it's not just you in that boat, it makes you feel a lot better because then it means that you can go to other people and say, hey, I'm struggling a little bit because I've just had this rejection thing any yeah. help yeah. Uh, and, and, and people would be like yeah I could to be and say hi it's all, it's, it's all yeah, it's I great. mean there's there's some great people out there but also it's a learning curve you're always learning aren't you um, and I remember just just recently I've done an article about a kidnapper film um, uh, for Film Stories, the magazine and in that I put you know you have to be a bit of a stubborn bastard if I'm honest because you'll tell people but they'll never understand your vision as much as you do, uh, you know what I mean? You have the passion for it, so they might say, oh, that might not work, I don't know if... You know what I mean? But you have to be stubborn, don't you? You have to say, I will make it work. Um, and looking at the way you work and some of the stuff you do, you know, it's constant. You're not stopping, are you? You just keep going. <laughs> yeah. 
again, yeah. Because uh, actually, before I went off to do my BTEC in performing arts, my parents were hoping, because they thought that I wasn't going to be able to go to uni, like, at all. Yeah. Um, so they were going to convince me to go to do a customer service apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting um, the connections uh, group that came into our secondary schools to kind of help with careers and going off to do further education and things. So I got mum in to talk to her and she probably said to her, to, to mum that I could actually go to university if I wanted to. Yeah. That I would have been able to. And so I was then given the option to go and do the interview for the BTEC, and I ended up getting it, okay. um, saying that I got an offer. And so uh, when I then had to wait for all my GCSEs to come in, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to possibly scrape some of these. Uh, somehow I managed to come out with seven Cs, two Ds, and a B equivalent in ICT. Um, and I had a massive panic attack because one of my D's was in drama and I thought, oh no, I'm not going to be able to go and do the B-Tech because uh, I've got a D in drama. But no, I just needed uh, three C's and that was it, um, including maths and English if I could. Um, and I had seven to spare. So, you know, yeah. um, and I thought, oh no, I'm not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. But then I was able to. And so it is kind of, nice to know that you've kind of got that yeah behind you I, think, I think what impresses me about you Abby is you're always pushing yourself and it's like you said you went uni uh you know you're doing this writing you help me you help other people you're pushing yourself and I like that because I think when you've got um something like Asperger's or you know any kind of uh, issue or disability or anything like that the key is to push yourself to keep, to keep moving forward um, and I think it would be so easy for you just to not to do your writing, uh, you know, worry about everything. It's like with your driving test, I know you pushed yourself and eventually you passed that. You know, yeah. so, yeah, even oh, I wouldn't get in a car with you, don't get me wrong. Uh, but <laughs> oh, thanks. So rude. <laughs> Uh, maybe one day. Um, but, you know, and I think that's a massive, you know, if you were to give advice to someone, with Asperger's or, or learning difficulties or anything like that, what, what sort of advice would you give them, do you think? Not give up, because when I was younger, I thought I wouldn't be able to do very much. Mm. There was the expectation, ah, oh, she's got autism, she's not going to do very much. Yeah. Yet here I am, sat with yeah. these many GCSEs. Yeah. I've got a distinction merit merit in a BTEC. got a two in a degree. Yeah. And I'm currently uh, bothering you to help me make my third uh, short film yeah. uh, that I've made. And after helping you with your feature, yeah. which I was kind of in on the deep end, when all I went in for you was film admin, <laughs> and I was suddenly helping you with casting, yeah. with props, with set yeah. design, continuity, Welcome. and being Welcome. a runner yeah. on set. Welcome it was to just Indy. a bit mad. Yeah. Welcome to indie filmmaking. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just think basically just try and push yourself a little bit. Yeah. Don't go too overboard, otherwise you are going to burn yourself up. That's yeah. never a good idea. Especially yeah. not when you've got autism, because that will tie you out. 
Yeah. Because yeah. um, I've done that a few times and now I'm just like meditating, watching DVDs, which is always good because it helps to yeah, yeah. recover. Um, so it is just pace yourself a bit, but push the boundaries and don't let people pigeonhole you because that's no fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I quite enjoy winding people up with the fact that they have no idea what I'm capable of and then Ooh. I'm just like, boom! And I drop something and they're just like, right. oh, hell Stop. no. <laughs> so, Stop. yeah. Stop showing off now. Right, I now, <laughs> um, now something I would be interested in is obviously we've had your similar t-shirt, lockdown, lockdown 2020. Um, <laughs> how, how did you cope with lockdown? How was that for, for Ooh, yourself? Gosh. Having um, as as well. It's been a bit of a nightmare because I have two part-time jobs Mm. because, yeah. Um, So I work in a library on a Saturday and I gate crash the Diocese of Leicester uh, three days a week. Um, And the library shut and currently they are on limited libraries opening at the minute uh, with the click and collect service that they've got. But my library, which is Bedworth Library, which is awesome, uh, it's not open yet. Um, and then uh, the diocese, they've been getting us to work from home. Uh, so they ended up putting me on furlough. And I ended up, because there was so much uncertainty, I did end up having a few breakdown moments of me crying on my parents. Um, because, because I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I didn't know what was going on with my jobs. It was so uncertain. I was waiting uh, for them to mention that I was going to get laid off for one of them. Uh, And the difficulty was the one that the diocese had only started in February, so I'd been in the office a month, and then suddenly, oh, yeah, we're going into lockdown. So I'm just like, great, which is really difficult because my job in the diocese, the vast majority of what I can do, I had to do in the actual building. So it was quite difficult. They've got me on part-time of my part-time at the minute. Um, Part-time of your part-time? Yeah, part-time of my part-time, lengthening it from three days to four mornings a week. Um, And it's just trying to find the work to keep me occupied, which means me sitting reading a book. Yeah, it has been a funny time. Um, In a few weeks, I'm speaking to a mental health expert just about how... um, mentally it's been draining hasn't it it's been weird you know I'm, I'm quite an upbeat person you know me but there's been a couple of mornings where I'm like whoa you know you can really feel a dark cloud and like you know and it's 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 it must be horrendous for some people who who you know are stuck in a flat on their own or you know it must be weird for some people yeah it's it's it has been quite difficult because also uh my mum's had to, decided that because of her health stuff yeah. she's decided right I'm gonna stay in so for the around the very start she wasn't actually leaving the house mm, yeah. um and so dad and I were off going doing the shop and so uh we went to Asda and uh, they had a one-way system that people were ignoring yeah. and now because they've said everyone has to wear face coverings yeah. um which mum went out and made so that was good um we then ended up going on the weekend 
um because we have to go twice to make sure that we've got everything um and they changed it so there was no one-way system anymore and people were not giving two meters yeah and i did see someone without a face mask and i was just like oh um and they've put massive screens up around all the um the places where you pay, you know, all the yeah. uh, like the scan and go little pods and stuff. Yeah. You can't stand around it if there's if you've got to go two of you because there's so much shopping that you've got to get. You can't fit in the little separations yeah. between each one. Like I know that it's meant to kind of help, but if you've got a big trolley and you're trying to fit in this little space. It's just a bit of a nightmare. And so I end up going around. And by the end of it, I'm just so wound up. I'm just angry and nearly biting my parents' heads off. And it's really difficult because I don't want to be in that position. But we have no choice because we have to get the food. Otherwise, we're going to run out. (laughs) So it's just a bit like a catch-22. You've got to go because you've got to make sure you've got the food in. Mm. But because it's so frustrating and difficult going around the shop it just winds you up and so you just end up really angry when you get back and it's like stay away from me i'll find that yeah before lockdown i find if i go shopping i just thought i end up really angry so regardless of lockdown for me i just hate shopping (laughs) (laughs) it turns me into a madman so right, so what's for the future then, Abby? What what are you gonna, what are you doing next? What are you up to? You know. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'm uh, bothering you because I have a short film that I would like to make um, about a character with uh, electricity abilities, and she ends up going into this prison that seems to be zapping people of their powers. And she's going in to go and investigate. But she's a bit of an anti-hero because she's like, I I kind of have this reputation that's starting to build and I'm not necessarily sure whether I'm going to stick to that or whether I'm going to be me. And so she's kind of battling with that. So there's a bit of you in there. trying to figure out what's going on. So there's a bit of you in there. (laughs) The alter ego, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm bothering you for that. Um, and, yeah, it's basically just me writing bits and pieces. I'll tell you something, and... I'll tell you something that in- interests me about you, Abby, as well, because I'll sort of do it, is lists. Now, um, I'm a big one of lists. I always have been. I write things down because, one, I'll forget, and, two, if it's on a bit of paper, it pushes me a bit more to actually complete it. Now, your lists are phenomenal. Tell us a little, what, what is the, you know, how does it work? What do you find that's... So what this? I did was I, at the start of the year, I did a list of things I want to do by December. Um, so for the video, yes. this is a very swanky list. So uh, on my Instagram, uh, you will find that I'm marking with each month how many books I'm reading of which July your your jaw will probably drop. Um, and so you can see the progress of me going through the list. It's it's getting a little bit slower because I'm just vegetating quite a lot of the time. Um, and so the books I'm reading is growing. 
but the the workload of me trying to write is kind of shrinking but I'm just kind of trying to pace myself because there is a lot of people out there saying that there is so much pressure that because we are on lockdown oh you're expected to do lots and lots and lots of things and I'm just like yeah no so it's just trying to pace myself but also get to the end yeah. If I can. But it's quite if a good I, list. If I can't, they're getting bumped to next year. <laughs> yeah. But do you find that motivates you to get them done, though, because you've broken down yeah, and you're crossing a off. bit, yeah. Until I then end up getting to a point where, oh, I've just thrown in a plot twist. It's thrown out the fact that it's a series. Whoops. So I just change it. And so I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to happen now, is it? How many so did, I just how, kind of go with it. How many different projects are you working on at the minute? Writing? Um... Actually, that's have you got a list? Your yeah, list, your lists amaze me. Oh, of course, I have a list. You're always showing them off on uh, Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, so this is the projects that I have currently. Some of them are work in progress, and yeah. some of them are nine years. Finished. Was that nine years there? Yes, oh, since I've started <laughs> writing in 2011, that is all the projects that I have. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not so, going to do yeah. a list that. I'm not going to do a list that big. Yeah. So next year is going to be fun because um, next year will be ten years since I've started writing, which is really uh, scary. Yeah. Uh, and I will be turning twenty-five as well, which is even scarier. Um, I dread, so... dread becoming twenty-five. I really do. Uh... <laughs> so yeah. So I just like to kind of keep track of what I've got and yeah. what I've achieve because when you start you're kind of just like oh yeah I'm gonna try and do stuff and then when you actually look back a few years later of what you've actually achieved you're just like that's so much stuff I love it and so so sometimes it's great but also when you start the writing is going to be absolute rubbish yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the expectation is going to be great. Yeah, chuck it out the window. Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is, because you're throwing so many things, one will drop one day. One will drop. I'm sure of it. You know what I mean. And then you can just pick it up again later, and you're just like, oh yeah. And then you might have new ideas, or you'd be able to merge ideas together, yeah. and it make it a better project. And yeah. sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, and sometimes you. Like, Why on earth did I do that? But so, you know, you just got to go with it. Yeah. Well, when something does drop, and you become the next J.K. Rowling, can you just remember where you know how we met, and if you ever wanted a hand with anything, I'm I'm here. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'll probably be taking you with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't uh, charge that much per hour. Right. Um, now, uh, before at the end of the show, I always talk about, uh, oh, before that, have you got, you said about Instagram. Uh, is there an Instagram where people can find you or get hold of yeah. you? Or, yeah, so uh, you can go to Abby Allen UK, um, A-B-B-I-E-A-L-E-N UK, all lowercase, and yeah. you will find me on there. I'm only on Instagram. Okay. Just yeah. because it saves my mental health otherwise. Um, so up there, I will be posting bits about scripts and writing, uh, oh. weirdness that goes on in uh, the Allen household, okay. uh, and just the bits and pieces and filmmaking. And you can see what the projects I've done. And oh. uh, yeah, you can just see what weirdness comes out of my head. Yeah, and plenty of towels. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, plenty of hotels. <laughs> so now, look, it's been lovely speaking to you. Let's fit now. What I always say is, let's finish the show on something uplifting or something interesting that we're interested in. You've, I said to you, what about a word? And and you've said to me, you've got a word. So tell us a little bit about this word. <laughs> so it's a bit weird, but cushion. Cushion, right? Because okay. so the word is cushion because um, for years I can I've kind of struggled a little bit with some spellings that go a bit awry. Um, I think I wrote letters to my granddad using the American version. I'm just like, eh, doesn't really matter. Um, but some of the bigger words I've kind of got better to grips with. But over the... It took me longer, actually, to spell the word cushion. And I have no idea why. It's such an easy word. But... Yeah. Because it's so little, but yeah, it just really wound me up that I could not spell cushion. Yeah. But then I finally got to a point after many, many, many years trying to spell this word, I can spell yeah. cushion. And yeah. So it's, it just makes me laugh. Like I'm just like, yeah, I can spell massive words, and then I just can't spell cushion. So it's just like, why? <laughs> we'll have these poignant stories about these different words, and then it'll be like, Abby Allen picked cushion because she could spell it. Yeah, I just, I just couldn't spell it. And I was just like, why not? I, I know exactly what you mean, though, because I'll get it with... Uh, what, what, there's a few words. I always realise I'll always put a Z in there, and that's because of the American spell checking. Yeah, thing. I know. They, they keep setting stuff to the American version know, first, yeah. and I'm just like... Argh. They're brainwashing us. Trump's yeah, so I have to keep us. trying to find the button to change it to the UK version. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. And they go, oh, it's not in the dictionary, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, one thing I always said about this podcast, there'd be a couple of rules, and so I just wanted to talk about one of one of the words in that. Um, the rules were no bullshitting, don't judge, end positive and have fun. And I think what you've talked about today definitely is, you know, we've come to a positive place. But I put don't judge, I changed this, because it was no politics, I changed it to don't judge. And I think it's poignant from today's programme. Judge is a great word because... Um, I think this day and age, it just what it, it's a nightmare where everybody's judging everybody. Um, you know, no one can have an opinion anymore because if you have an opinion that pisses someone off and they have their opinion. But you know, we've sort of become kids, a lot of us. And what we should do is be growing up and say, right, okay, if you believe that, that's fine. I believe this. You know, and have healthy debates about it. Whereas at the minute, especially on social media, um, but talking to you. I think people should definitely think more um, because if they saw someone with Asperger's, for instance, autism or, or, or something like that, and they didn't seem quite right, uh, a lot of the time you turn around and think, oh, it's a bit of a weirdo or, you know, they're not right or, you know, and I think people need to not judge. They need to realise maybe this person, you know, has a condition. Maybe they're not seeing things exactly the same as we are. Uh, and we definitely shouldn't shouldn't judge. Uh, and if I find I'm, I judge myself, if I judge someone, I hate that. I think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? What do you think about that? Would you think? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's quite easy for people to uh, judge others because they're different from everybody else. Because there is, there is the expectation that you have to be normal. You have to be this kind of normal that society wants. But mm. quite a lot of us, we don't fit into that. Like. For some of us, normal went out the window when we got our diagnosis or when we were kids or whatever. 
and we're not going to fit into that. And so the fact that people want to try and push us into that normal and try and mould us into that, but we're always going to bounce back out of it because we don't fit into it. It's quite damaging for people because yeah. we want to be us, but we're not allowed to because there's this expectation we have to be normal like everybody else. Well, I had to break it to you. We're not. <laughs> we're what, never going to be. And what's I don't normal? want to. What's normal? Exactly. That's normal the thing. Boring. There is no normal. Normal went out the window in March. So, you know, <laughs> we might as well just go with it and keep going with it and just try and help people to let them be themselves. Because yeah. if we're not, it's no fun. And fun is good. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, look, thanks so much, ever so much for joining me, Abby. Um, I'm sure we'll get together again on another podcast. If not, uh, I'll probably be helping you on your film and, or I'll be getting you to do me some favours again, no doubt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all good well, fun. Well, I, I managed to not break your film being your production manager, so, you know, yeah. might as well do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks ever so much and uh, can't wait to speak to you again. Okay? Yeah. So that's it. Massive thanks again to Abby Allen for joining me today and also for you for listening or watching. Make sure you follow the podcast because coming up over the next uh, month, there'll be some extraordinary interviews, trust me. And the podcast will be streaming on the usual platforms along with the website, www.morewayofthinking.co.uk. Facebook and YouTube is My Way of Thinking podcast and Twitter is My Way of Thinking, but without a G on the end, three on the end, blah, 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 blah. Please like and subscribe. Thanks ever so much for listening. Until next time, take care. Bye, bye.